Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. Verse 7 of our text says, The day of unleavened bread came, on which Passover must be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. Tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large finished upper room, make preparations there. They went, found things as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. Now through all of these events, Jesus was unflinching. He knew what was happening with Judas, but yet he refused even then to run. He was determined, no matter what, to complete his mission. Notice the first words that were spoken here by uh, his faithful. They said, where do you want us? Perhaps that is just what divides those who are unmovable from those who have a personal criteria for staying in the game. For some are looking to Jesus, even yet today, to do something for them. While others, well, they're standing and waiting humbly for his directions, his marching orders. The latter are the souls who were and are obedient to what Jesus once done. Jesus herein gave directions, precise directions, and his boys moved in that same precise obedience. And in that execution of that obedience, things were exactly as Jesus said that they would be. Oh, if only we would realize that that is always the case when we follow precisely his precise directions. Jesus was beginning the preparations for what we know of as his Last Supper. But that, of course, is actually incorrect description, for he himself said that he would again partake in the kingdom of God. Therefore, there is a grand feast coming, and his true children... Well, they will be there to share it with him. We are never told the identity of this nameless man who hosted this historical dinner. No name, no brass plate over a doorway somewhere, no worldly credit. But heaven knows. What an honor. What a privilege it would have been. I wonder, would you trade worldly recognition and status for an opportunity to play such a significant role in the very plans of Christ? Verse 14, When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve apostles. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will no longer by any means eat of it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. Now despite all that Jesus faced, and he clearly knew what was coming, he still savored those precious moments of communion with his friends. He earnestly desired, the King James Version says, 
fervent desire to have this Passover with him. The Passover was and is, even yet today, a memorial celebration to look back to God's redemption from Egypt. Such a memorial would have meant even more to Jesus this Passover, because on this Passover, he would be the greater rescue of his children. He was the rescuer for all of mankind. The Passover feast was comprised of a sacrificial lamb whose blood was placed then on the homes of the Jewish nation and death symbolically passed over them as they did there in Egypt so many years prior. However, this time, Jesus would be that pure and unspotted lamb, and it would be his blood. He would be our sacrifice so that we might be passed over and might live. This upper room dinner would be the last such meal he would have until we have it with him in, well, part two of this thing we call life, in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Verse 17 says, He received a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. We often lose that special intimacy that Christ desired in the pomp and ritual of what I would call modern communication, uh, communion. Let us clearly remember that the setting of this famous event. Jesus and his disciples were joined together in a time of eating, in a time of fellowship, in a time of service between friends, between a greater family of God. Jesus, desiring that such unity and fellowship be a timeless event in the body of Christ, he took a piece of bread and he broke it, thus representing not only his physical body, but the breaking of it upon the coming cross. It was this broken body that was offered to be shared among the apostles who were present and shared as well to all of us who would follow. Now please note that to break bread and to dip in a common dish as Jesus was doing was significant in that to do so in that culture meant symbolically joining with everyone at the table and into a unity of one flesh. Thus, each disciple not only symbolically became a part of Jesus that day, but they also became a part of each other. That day, they became that enduring element of the body of Christ. Take, eat, this is my body. Jesus then, he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks. And he gave this to them also to represent the blood that he would shed on their behalf. This offering was also for us today. It was the purchase price for a new covenant, a new agreement, a new contract, if you will, between God and man. This one would no longer be based upon animal sacrifices and personal works, but would be satisfied by a complete and eternal sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, For I tell you, I will not drink it at all again from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, 
which is poured out for you. This was the covenant promised in the Old Testament. We read about it, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Jeremiah 32, 37 through 44. Ezekiel 34, 25 through 31. Chapter 37 of Ezekiel, verses 26 through 28. You see, Jesus was now going to pay the debt for all men for all of time. This was the covenant of grace. In a world where men seek to leave a monument of bronze and marble, Jesus left something for his memorial that was far less tangible, but far more enduring. Jesus left an eternal legacy of redemption, peace, and joy that still remains unparalleled today and forever. And as we partake in the act of communion, we share in that historical act and we remember him. Jesus promised here to do something that no earthly man could ever hope to achieve. He promised to one day share with his disciples and us in the very legacy that he left. For we will literally partake in that communion meal with him when he reigns upon this earth. Verse 21, For behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. The Son of Man indeed goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man through whom he is betrayed. They began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Now this would be a shocking revelation, and it certainly would have put a damper on that party. What an amazing thing here is in that Jesus knew all the time that Judas would betray him, and yet he even still showed the same love towards him as he did the others, those who would ultimately die for their allegiance to him. Anyone who is in a shepherd position will know such a rejection at some point in his or her ministry. Even the great shepherd knew this kind of pain. What is very interesting about this situation was that suddenly they all were concerned that they were the one who would fail the Lord. It seems the faithful, well, the faithful never forget that they have a wicked heart. They knew their capacity to sin. Do we? That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music